This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. I get to the point where I'm comfortable with the knowledge that I've built and then that's when I go in. And I'm the sort of person who goes all in. Like I just won't throw a little bit at it. I'll throw fucking everything at it. What's going on guys? Wanna welcome you back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. Now, today's episode is one of high importance. Uh, we're talking with Braden Cook, who is a professional investor. Uh, that is literally what he does by trade. Pretty much, you could say he's retired by the age of 28, um, which is quite wild to think about. Um, but it also does send an important message that you know, wealth really is a mindset and we're going to unpack that mindset today and kind of run through the principles of wealth and some of the... I guess the psychology of it as well, because that's probably one of the the hardest parts about um, building wealth and, and some of the beliefs that you may hold. We're going to kind of dive into that and try to bring a conversation to you that might make you understand a little bit more about the way you view money and how you can start to un, untie that and untangle that and, and start to really, uh, build some new belief systems so that you can start to build wealth. And you know, inevitably, that's what underpins how much mastery you can gain, you know, the experiences you have, the connections you make and the your ability to travel the world and, and all the things that, you know, you want to do and, and the investments that you want to make is underpinned by your psychology with money. But before we dive into that uh, and kind of dive into the episode, we have recently started a new Instagram for the podcast and rebranded the podcast. So, the podcast is now going to fall under its own brand and that's because we, you know, deep, <laughs> deeply ingrained into me is the want to have conversations not only about business but in, more importantly what we're actually talking about today. So talking to you about business, wealth and character. Those are the three things that really will ignite how successful you can be in life and the legacy that you leave and a lot of what I believe, and, and especially Reese as well, as we, we build this podcast, is that life really is about building a legacy and, and, you know, how you leave this world. And that's what we want to put our focus on. So, the Pivotal Conversation, at Pivotal Conversations podcast is a new Instagram. You'll see the new branding. So, when you're looking for our podcast, look for the black logo from now on. Some exciting news coming as well with a new, you know, potential new podcast studio. We're in negotiations at the moment, um, but you know, we're really going all in on it because we we definitely we definitely love doing it. And you know, for me, it's really important to get this information and these conversations out there to really ha- make the change in the world that we're trying to make. So we appreciate your support, but go check out the new Instagram page. Go give it a follow, uh, and keep a lookout for the new logo as well. Some other things as well, We this week, the applications for the Business Mastery Program are now open. Uh, so the Business Mastery Program is basically our, where we work with you one-on-one and we coach you and educate you uh, to understand how you can take your business from a time-poor and capped business model to something that you know is extremely scalable and that you can really take to the next level uh, and have an uncapped potential in a sense where... You can achieve what you want to achieve, earn what you want to earn, uh, and you know your business model isn't going to hold you back from that. So, um, all that information will be in the show notes. If it is something you're interested in, go there, click through to the website, um, click through to our Instagram, 
uh, and take a look. Uh, but that's open and they will close as of Sunday. So make sure that if it's something you're interested in, you want, do want to go to the next level, you jump in uh, and, and apply and put in your application and, and wait for us to get back to you. Now, back to the podcast. The principles of wealth, um, you know, wealth is one of those things that I think it allows you to have uncompromised decisions in life. And for me, uncompromised decisions are the key to you being authentic uh, and, you know, being in alignment and connecting your beliefs and your actions and aligning them with your ambition. That is the key to success in life. How can you connect your actions to your ambitions? And for me, wealth plays that role. It's like, you know, me doing what I truly want to do and what I truly believe in is always going to be limited if I don't have the flexibility and the fluidity to actually make that happen. And that's what we really talk about in this podcast. And we also unpack how you can start to take back control of your finances and really start to build wealth so that you can achieve whatever the fuck you want to achieve in life and that's what we're trying to talk about today really hope you enjoy the episode guys if you do so make sure you subscribe so you can hear future conversations with world-class experts and amongst me and maurice and make sure that if you really do enjoy the episode on a much higher level you share it around and and support us because the more that we get support from you guys the more um, world-class guests that we can get on and, and uh, you know, the, the better the conversations we can have, which means more value for you. So big thanks to everybody uh, who supports the podcast and we really hope you enjoy the episode and we will see you on the other side. So that's, I guess, the question for today's podcast, the question that we just talked about before. What was that question? I forgot. <laughs> what is wealth? What is wealth? And we want to unpack that for the audience, I think, because, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I'm seeing wealth management for the everyday person and just... In, you know, in terms of the people that I get to deal with on a regular basis, when it comes, you know, we're talking business owners, and a lot of the time it's something that holds them back. It's it's super dynamic, and it it a lot of the time affects the way we make decisions. Well, it's uh, probably one of the most important um, aspects of any business is how you manage your wealth within the business, and it's your number one tool that will allow you to to grow your business and whatnot. So. Yeah, I think it's, and, and I think like the thing that gets, I guess, underestimated is how heavily money and, or your relationship with money and the your own psychology with money affects your behavior and the way you make decisions both in and outside of your business. And, you know, it, as I said, it's something that I see quite regularly is that, you know, you look under the hood of someone's business um, and there, there's no wealth management. Well, so many of our emotions are dictated through money as well. And I remember through starting my first business, I made a lot of mistakes uh, and wanted to hold on to a lot of money purely because I was in charge of it. It was um, this thing that took forever to build up, obviously, um, and having to go out and raise money as well. Um, 
And I got to a point where I w- the business was actually being hindered because I didn't want to make these certain decisions and whatnot. So I actually had to bring someone in to look after the money, even though I've got a finance background. Because you need to have that, that person to sort of separate, but obviously not everyone has that luxury. Yeah, and I think something that you said is that rings true is that scarce mindset mm-hmm. of like you know one of the, having the belief system that your company's money is yours mm-hmm. and i think that's the thing that holds a lot of people back especially like because if you're not what if you're not managing your your um you don't have a wealth management system you know that you take your business and yourself through and you aren't separating them as entities then a lot of the time and and that comes from not focusing on your finances like you said like even it's set up in the same way that your everyday banking is set up too like you've just got your business account and you just sort of hop from your account to the business and it's just set up in that some that same sort of way so it kind of is like it looks like you're saving so you like you you view it and you spend that money as if it was your savings and that like you said it it's that scarcity sort of mindset that sort of hinders us from allowing us to grow our businesses and that sort of thing yeah i think one of the the like the best things that ever happened to me from my business and i didn't actually consciously understand this at the time but starting a company and then paying myself a wage Mm -hmm. you know was the first uh, i guess initiation into that world where my company's money was no longer you're starting to spend that money through wages and whatnot yeah and it was also like okay so now whatever's left in that you know whatever's left in the company is either there for growth or it's there to pay a dividend Mm -hmm. and um, and kind of, you know, obviously get that return on or that uh, on a personal level later on. Well, you um, want to invest that money that you've got sitting in your business, whether that investment is in technology, whether it's on uh, labor, whether it's on equipment, whatever the case may be. It could be on marketing. Um, that's all investment and you need to then figure out what return you're going to get on that investment as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, and... That's but that's the tricky part. Yeah, is knowing what to spend the money on. Hundred percent. But I think like the you know, it, it's a it's a wisdom thing, right? It's mm-hmm. judgment. Like you know, I know Warren Buffett's someone that you look up to quite quite heavily, and it's like you know, Warren. He's the king of um, wealth management. Yeah, you know? but he, he's only the king of wealth management because he's managed a lot of wealth. Yeah, and he's seen every scenario as well. Exactly. And you have to dabble in everything to sort of figure out what works. Uh, and that's the only way that you can sort of progress and build up that experience and, and knowledge and understanding of how to actually manage that wealth. And that's that's kind of one of the things that I think holds a lot of people back, right? Because you've got to think about it. If you're in a scarce mindset, you're you're probably going to be holding on to a lot of that money and not wanting to spend it. And if you're not spending that money, then it's actually nearly you know nearly impossible for you to start to build up that wisdom because Mm. warren's investing a lot of money over a long period of time and then you know i would be interested to see and you probably know more about this than me but when was it that warren actually started to get a reputation right and i guarantee you it was probably after 10 to 15 years of actually investing yeah no one no one knew who he was up until he was probably in his early 30s but up until that point, he'd been growing at the most amount he'd ever grown at. Um, but that's obviously your growth. Exp- um, that's your growth curve and that sort of thing. And that's where you're um, you're developing that skill set. And that's the thing that eventually, over time, compounds and that understand. So everyone looks at compounding and that sort of thing. And they think it just includes money and whatnot, but it includes wealth. Uh, it includes uh, your n- learning, your knowledge, uh, and all these sort of things. And 
uh, the more that we spend it, uh, on ourselves and our learning and that sort of thing, that's where we're going to see the real results uh, further down the line. And a lot of your learning comes from experience. Like, yeah. you know, I heard a quote the other day, I don't know where it was, um, but the best teacher is the markets, right? You know, mm. if we look at today, there's a massive pullback. Like mm. there's some people that might have been jumping on the bandwagon just because, the, you know, nearly every stock's inflated at the moment. Mate, I get worried when you see everyone, like the amount of people who hit me up all the time about wanting to get invested and that sort of thing. It actually scares me. Yeah. Because these people don't understand investing at all. They just see it as a get rich quick sort of scheme. Um, but a lot of these people need to f- focus on their savings first before they even start investing. We had this conversation over the weekend. Like if you don't have a significant amount of money where we use say 50% as, a, and as an example um, of what your growth rate could be over the, I don't know, the next year, which is a, a pretty good r- growth rate. If you've got $1,000, a 50% return on that $1,000 is only $500. You're going to make more money if you focus on your like budgeting and where you're actually spending your money, uh, as opposed to putting that money into um, an investment vehicle. Like especially if you've got um, any form of debt as well that's accruing 22%. That 50% growth is now cut in half, so you've only made 250 because the other half has got to go towards the credit cards. Uh, but if you start to build up that savings and now you you I don't know, you get it up to the point where you've got say $20,000, $50,000, return on that starts to become meaningful sort of money. You're making $10,000, you're making, what, $12,500. Like, that's where you start to really uh, reap the rewards. Uh, but you need to be doing that hard work in the beginning. Yeah, 100%. And I think, like, naturally, you know, if we talk about in- investments, like, you know, we listen to Scott Galloway's podcast on the weekend, right? And he he actually did put it quite well, even though sometimes we we kind of <laughs> we think that he kind of can can. Uh, He's a bit loopy sometimes. Yeah, he can kind of go <laughs> off off the tracks a little bit, um, but I think he did put it really really well um, in terms of understanding how compound growth works, mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing that you know if you have this scarce mindset with your money and uh, you know have this relationship that's holding you back from actually experiencing what it's like to potentially lose money and invest it and what's a good investment what's a bad investment then you're not gaining that experience and i think that's one of the things that holds most people back is they're not in you know they're holding themselves back from either you know investing in their business investing outside of their business investing in their knowledge investing in you know their education uh, and you know coaches and, and potentially whatever it is right could even be the people that you work with within your business as well you could uh, in order to sort of keep the best talent you have to pay them more you have to treat them as if they're an owner of the business as well so that might be that you have to give away ownership of the company just to, in order to keep those people on board and keep them driven and have them acting more as an owner instead of an employee yeah, and that's the key, right? It's like, you know, if, you're, if you've got this scarce mindset, you're not going to build that experience. And that's a problem. That's what 100%. holds most people back is this scarce mi- mindset with money. And it's like most people come into me and they're like, okay, how do I grow my business? Mm-hmm. And like the first thing I focus on with them is wealth management because mm. it's not just about... Yeah, are they tracking how much money their business is spending? Are they tracking... Probably they're tracking how much money's coming in, but they're probably too afraid to see how much money's going out. And, and it's not even the fact that it's... This is not mathematics, mm. right? This is to, to show 
to get an understanding of your mindset with mm. your money. Mm. Like, yeah. I understand like it's a shit thing to, to focus on and often this is why companies will, will get someone on board who has more of that business-minded uh, or finance-minded sort of person. But when you're uh, a single um, solo entrepreneur sort of thing within your business you've got to take that on board. You've got to take charge. Yeah. And it's just something, even if you just take a step back, I don't know, once a month and just review what you spent your money on, uh, how much money you've actually made, how much is sitting there on your balance sheet, that, that's where you're going to actually um, start to recognize how the business is really doing and then figure out areas of where you can actually grow. 100%. And it, it's it, the most important thing is that it's not mathematical. Like, yeah, that's... That's the well. Very there's, there's softwares level. that can help you with all of that. Yeah, that's the surface level. What's more, most important is understanding the relationship you have with money and how mm. that's affecting your behaviors. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not focusing on what's going out, then you know that's a direct, that's directly related to how you perceive money, mm -hmm. right? Like it's you know. Well, there's all the, it's all those questions like I wish I had more money. Um, money gives me so much stress, anxiety, but that's all behavioral. You know, and the sooner you start to realize that money is just a tool, money is just capital that you can then put to work, that's the, the sooner you can build that sort of relationship with money, the better you're going to be. Yeah, and it, it kind of, it's, it's all derived from this notion that, you know, wealthy people are, are evil, right? It's yeah. like, and that's why people don't want to, they don't want to hold on to money. They don't want to yeah. work on their savings mm -hmm. because there's this belief system that, you know, if you have money, you're doing something wrong and, and once you overcome that and once you can understand that money is a tool... But we also live in the influencer sort of lifestyle where... So people mistake rich people with wealthy people. Wealthy people are out there accumulating assets. People who uh, look rich and who look like they're doing well on Instagram and these sort of things, they're buying liabilities. And then they're promoting it all over their Instagram and whatnot to make themselves look rich, but really they're not. You know, so they... Like they Let, let's go into that because okay. that's, that's really important, right? Like, so what is the difference between an asset and a liability? Okay, so an asset is, so not from the accounting sort of perspective, but from a business sort of perspective, an asset is something that generates you a passive income, whereas a liability is something that obviously takes money away from your, your pocket. Um, and so people will look at uh, their mortgage as, or having, buying a house, which isn't an asset. Sure, it's building up your equity, but equity isn't liquid. Like it's not something that you can put to work all the time. So um, cars, these are depreciating assets. Um, even an investment property to an extent um, because there's so many outflows and that sort of thing. Um, whereas um, wealthy people are, are, are buying businesses. They're buying... Uh, equities, they're buying bonds, they're buying these sort of things that will allow them to generate a passive income and it's from that passive income which is allowing them to buy houses, cars, um, rental properties, all these sort of things. That's how the wealthy are truly doing it. And it's, it, I guess it's probably more about having your assets outweigh your liabilities in a sense. Like it's okay to buy a nice car, yeah. but it's not okay to buy a nice car if you don't have assets that are generating that passive income and that passive income that's paying it. for if, that car. Exactly. You know? If you can afford to pay it out of the passive income that you're generating, that's that's great. You're, you, you're kicking goals. You're at that point. But if you're at the point, like 
so many people jump straight into wanting to buy all these different things rather than focusing in on, I don't know, trying to save $100,000. You know, like if if you really want to be getting ahead, you've got to build up that cash balance first and you only do that by looking at what you're spending your money on and having to go without because too many people don't go without. And I'm, I've been guilty of that um, and I still probably spend too much money, but... Do you think that that, that, that comes from like that a lack of understanding though because like i don't think people understand and and you know potentially the difference between an asset and a liability mm-hmm. like the fact that you know you're not just spending money but you're spending money on either something that's going to depreciate and cost you money over time mm-hmm. and and or you're spending money into something that can potentially make you money and that's probably the biggest difference right is like you know am i looking to spend money um within my business or outside of my if business you, yeah, on if things you want, that are going to get me that return. If you want to be growing your wealth, spend all your money on your business because that thing is the, ultimately the thing that's going to provide you with that passive income. We we're talking about the salary that you pay yourself. That ultimately is a passive income. Um, and then if you develop uh, the business to the point where you can start to pay yourself a bonus, uh, you can start to pay yourself a dividend, all that sort of thing, that is all passive income. Um, if if you want to grow the business even further, hold that money within the business and reinvest it. Um, and that'll allow the business to grow even further as well. Yeah. And that's how wealth is well and truly created. Because that, like at the end of the day, you know, when we're saying the business is a passive income, I think like for the people listening to this, that's going to seem a little bit uh, foreign or, or left of center purely because a lot of the people that, there really is a big difference between somebody who owns a business and somebody who has a, a job with a lot more stress, oh, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, uh, your ability to create a business that isn't solely relying on you and your service well, is what you creates also need to then the difference between passive and, and you know, something that's uh, not passive in a yeah, sense. Yeah, and you also then probably need to divide um, a business owner that is built on processes and, and these sort of things as opposed to... Um, just someone who's self-employed as well because they're still dependent on their time and all these sort of things whereas a business um, that has all these different processes that's making money left like left right and center it's making money 20 or 24 7 um, it's got people there to help grow the business and they often say um, businesses that are like that uh, will typically do better if the if the founder sort of if they step away for 12 months it should be at a better point in the future Whereas, um, yeah, there's a key difference between the two because obviously um, someone who's self-employed, they're still technically and they're an employee uh, to their own sort of business. And that's what makes it passive, right? It's like, you know, if you're self-employed and, and you know, if you stop with st- to stop working tomorrow and not make an income, it's not a passive income. No. Whereas if, you know, you can step away, go on a holiday for 12 months. That's it. And that, that should be where the priority is. Like if, if you've got a self-employed business, you now need to look at um, finding processes and finding a system that will allow you to sort of build the business up that will then allow you to step away from it. You know, and that's where I suppose we, uh, your business comes in, uh, allowing people to sort of recognize that there is different processes and systems that you can put in place that will allow the, the business to grow and you can then employ other people uh, and then develop this thing to the point where you can step away, start focusing on other things that um, 
either will grow the business further or something that you're excited about or whatever the case may be. 100%. What do you think? Do you think that there's a... How important do you think that that building wealth outside of your business is for the actual long-term health of the business? Well, I suppose it gives you that security as well and and a way for you to diversify away from the business too. Um, If you're going to work every day and you're stressed about worrying about how you're going to pay your bills, how you're going to pay um, for your rent or your mortgage or whatever the case may be. food on the table for the family. Yeah, then then obviously something's going wrong. And so um, it's always good to have a safety net, like to have a uh, safety blanket that um, you can always rely on if, like during COVID was a perfect example. Um, a lot of businesses had to close down and they had to rely on that savings. And obviously, after a while, that becomes really stressful because you start to eat into those savings. But at least those people had savings there to sort of eat into during that time. And then now that everything's um, opened back up again or opening back up, uh, you can then focus back in on the business and then allowing yourself to build back that savings and your your safety net. Um, But it's so important. Like, it's just something that you've got to do and then... If you've got enough money sitting there, you can then put that money to work, which will generate more of a passive income, uh, just making your life a little bit easier. Yeah, and, and it is it is extremely important to... I like the idea of building a passive income both in and out of the business in a sense. So mm-hmm. making sure that your business is actually operating like a system that isn't relying on you making the income generated in that element mm-hmm. um, passive and then using the income that you're actually paying yourself to create a passive income on the outside. Mm. And it kind of, for me, it's about this, these having uncompromised decisions. Like I really love the idea about of doing what's best for the company and being able to do that. Cause I think like you said it before, right? If you're going to work every day and you're under pressure, you're stressed because you know, you've, you, you've got to be able to put food on the table for the family, you've got to be able to pay your bills. The reality is, is that's going to compromise how you choose to grow your business. And yeah, your decision-making goes out the window because you're still in survival mode. And there's nothing, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with being in survival. I'm pretty sure Beth, Jeff Bezos um, had that sub, uh, survival mode even up to the point where it was a trillion dollars, um, which allowed them to just focus in on growth all the time. Because growth is survival, right? And that's yeah. what people don't understand. Like, mm. It's not like... like Growth is just as important for survival as anything else mm. because if you're not growing, that puts you at the greatest risk yeah. for potential but every, fatality. But too many businesses are focused on their profits. You know, like you shouldn't be focused too much on the profits. You should just be focused on trying to uh, grow that revenue as quickly and as um, um, and efficiently as you possibly can while still paying yourself an income. Forget about the profits of the business. That's all just retained earnings that you'll hopefully um, reinvest into the business anyway, um, allowing you to, f- to further grow the business. Uh, but so long as you're paying yourself a salary out of um, what the business is making, forget about the profits and just focus on that growth. As long as you're profitable, like I think like that's important. Like I think you, if you can pay yourself a salary while building the health of the company. Like I suppose it depends on what sort of business you're operating. A high mar- or a high margin tech business, for example, they don't care about profits probably in the first ten years because it's not important to them. No, and 
But they've got the easy access to raise money as well. Yeah. For, for the everyday small business owner, though, I think like the, the, the equation is... Well, I guess it, it, that's a form of security too, knowing that you've got money sitting in there in your business. You build, your business needs to be healthy. Like for, the, for a small business owner, like you need to have profits there purely because like what you said before is like if something does like happen or come along like a pandemic, you know, your profits are your oxygen. Well, you look at all these, um, all these businesses recently um, and they had to rely on their personal savings because they had no profits sitting in the business or they had no yeah, money sitting on the balance sheet. Yeah, so the, the, the equation is, is you've got to be profitable, but it's, it's this, it's, it is this dichotomy, right? Because, and this is like something that we talked about in our offense course last year. It's like understanding that the goal isn't just to always be increasing profits. It's understanding the push and pull relationships between margin and growth mm-hmm. and understanding that, you know, y- you need to invest money in order to grow at scale. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you could, you, you, you could get away with like, in, uh, you know, growing at a small rate organically, but if you really want to scale your business and you really want to take it to the next level, you've got to invest. And I think that's like, again, this comes down to that equation of, um, You've got to be help. You've got to be financially um, literate, and mm-hmm. you've got to be able to look at your numbers and allocate capital accordingly. Mm-hmm. Because most people rely on their accountant, and at the end of the day, the accountant is there to help you survive. He's not there to help you grow. An accountant's there to minimize your tax. Exactly to help you survive. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Right. Like at the end of the day, the accountant's always going to say, if you've got a an opportunity for growth, but you've also got an opportunity that's probably more the safe route, they're going to take you down the safe route. Mm-hmm. But the other big problem with that is relying on meetings with your accountant all the time. You know, potentially even they, you know, at, at most they're going to be once a month. At mm. least they're probably going to be once a quarter. Mm. It's like sometimes that's too fucking long. Yeah, right? you've you've just got to be testing and trying out everything you possibly can. If something works, scale it, scale it slowly, um, and then. Yeah, see if there's a sticking point and if um, if that continues to work, then you can continue growing that other area. Uh, if that area doesn't work, you scale back down on that area and you focus on something else. And that's how you uh, allow the business to grow and scale. Um, it's all through um, just testing and, and trying out different methods. And I've, I've been watching you do the same thing over the last 12 months. Um, you figure out what works, you figure out what doesn't work, and you just focus on the ones that work for you. Yeah, and then you got to allocate capital. Yeah, you need to, to spend so. money in order to exactly, do that. Exactly, right? Yeah. And like that's the thing is that... If you think you're going to be able to grow your business on a $50 a month Facebook budget, like, you're kidding yourself. Yeah, and, and just in general, like sometimes, you know, the, it's not like, you know, a lot of the capital investments that we have is like, in media and mm. and like production and post creation, yeah, yeah, like it's like you know that's you know we we're spending fucking ten to fifteen k to produce a course, mm-hmm. and it's like you know that's because we've identified a particular strategy that we think will work. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, most people will be like, yeah, well, you don't have to do that, do that to to grow, but it's like the I what I've decided is is I think that you do. Mm-hmm. I think that in a in a evolving landscape, right in the digital world where everybody's jumping into courses, that's going to accelerate technology. Yeah, what, and what's going to make you stand out, you know? And the only way to stand out is if you spend 
a lot of money um, there's a reason, creating quality content. There's a reason people buy a new fucking iPhone every two years, mm-hmm. right? It's because the camera fucking gets better, yeah. right? That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the fact that a new camera comes out and it's like, fuck, well, now I can blow out the background. <laughs> that Like most people will buy their fucking new iPhone because of that reason. Like yeah. read between the fucking lines. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, that's an investment. It's a risk, mm-hmm. right? But it's a risk I'm willing to take because it's proven. Mm-hmm. If you look across the globe over the last 10 years, production doesn't get any worse. No. Yeah, it does, like it doesn't go backwards, no. right? So it's it's like reading between the lines and going, okay, it's not going to be the, you know, it's not, it, it's going to be a form of differentiation, mm-hmm. right? That we think will get us a good return, not tomorrow, mm-hmm. but maybe over the next five years. Mm-hmm. Right and and you know we we look at what works we look at what doesn't and we could pull the pin in a year's time but in a year's time we're going to know that that's not the right investment and mm-hmm. the reason I can make those investments is one because I've got capital to spend like spending fifteen k on a course guess what I can do it because I'm financially literate and I've got money sitting there okay so here's a question for you over the years how have you built up um, your reserve within your business what did what did you really focus on. Honestly, man, like the biggest change for me was actually managing the money myself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, not relying on my accountant. Mm. Like I tell a story of how the first... And so you would sit there on zero once a week, once a month. Religious. Yeah. Religious. But I tell this story of like the first time I ever made 100K in revenue Mm -hmm. as a PT. You know, I thought I was fucking crushing it. Yeah. Right. And I walked into... I walked into my accountant's office like, you know. I thought you were going to say you walked into like a Mercedes branch. And <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I fucking walked into Jeep <laughs> once I hit 200K. Yeah. But fucking, you know, it was like walking into the accountant's office. I earned 100K for the first time. I'm like, I'm a fucking baller, <laughs> you know, like balling out. And, and, you know, I didn't manage my money at that, that time. I just knew that I was making two grand a week and I knew that he was going to tell me I made 100K in revenue. And I was like, <laughs> How much money did you put away for uh, the tax man? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is a, and I'm like, I'm a fucking king. I fucking remember walking in, winking to the receptionist. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is probably how it was going in my mind. And I sat down and he's like, oh, you know, you've had your best year yet congratulations, you're sitting at 30K profit. And I remember going, say what? And he looked at me and I was like, fuck man, 30K profit. And then I realized, I don't have fucking 30K in my fucking business account, (laughs) right? Like I'm like, holy shit. And that was kind of like a big kick in the teeth. Had you been paying yourself with that 100,000 as well? I was a sole trader. Uh, Okay. So it's, 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 you know, this was in my infancy, man. Mm -hmm. It's like my third, second Mm -hmm. year as a PT, Mm -hmm. third year as a PT. And I just remember thinking like, fuck like and it was just because i didn't look at my money like Mm. i didn't i didn't actually sit down and spend time with it and my relationship with it you could see that coming out in my business yeah so that you i'm a sole trader like i'm not running any marketing Mm. i'm not doing anything but for some reason i've only got thirty thousand dollars profit there Mm. which means yeah like i could you know the reality was i was investing in my knowledge at the time and all these kind of things but you know at the end of the day i had fuck all to my name i was making you know I wasn't making bad money yeah, as yeah. as a sole trader, mm. but th- it was from that day on I made like I made a conscious effort to go. Okay, well, I'm actually going to need to understand this, mm. otherwise, I'm going to keep having going through this pain where mm. I have no idea how much I'm earning. And and the biggest lesson there was, if I hadn't knew the, known this six months ago, 
I could the the sit down that I had with my accountant would have went a lot different. Hundred percent. And it's like that's the problem. Most people are not financially literate, so they're waiting six to twelve months to sit down with their accountant to get told that they're financially illiterate. And no wonder people feel like they're out of control with their money, you know, because actually taking the time to sort of sit down and run through all the different numbers, it's a form of control and you always feel better when you're in control, you know? It's, it's, it's an instinct humans fucking strive for, like, and, mm. and, and it's built into us to mm. want autonomy. And yet the one thing that would provide so much stability in our lives, we don't pay attention to. We just see this money coming in and then we think, how can we spend this money, you know? And that's the psychology, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the psychology. And, and I think the only way to overcome that is to actually focus on your money and learn how to manage it, you know? In our new course, the Diploma of Fitness Business, that's the first thing we teach. The first week mm. is all on wealth management because mm. of this exact reason. It's like... Well, it's also so hard in the world that we currently live in because everything is so on show with all the different social medias and that sort of thing and... Uh, it's hard not to want to just go out and buy the new iPhone or Afterpay, all these things. Yeah. Like it's you know the instant gratification is what's hundred percent exactly. Whereas is the way that I sort of viewed it is, well, I saw Afterpay coming up and and merging and this sort of thing, and I was like, I'm just going to ride the wave, you know, and that's what I did. I bought in very early on and just watched it grow, and that's what I've I've had. I've got an Afterpay account, very rarely use it, but I made a shitload of money off it. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And that's, I mean, that's a difference in mindset, right? And that's yeah, and I've been working about. on this sort of mindset for a long time now. So that's just the way that I view things. And I will go, I will live below my ne- my means um, in order to sort of live that sort of wealthy sort of lifestyle. Yeah, and the biggest thing for me is, as I said, we teach wealth management in that first week of our course. And, and you know, the wealth management system, it's not, it's not ridiculous. Like it's not like it's well, not this people, big when, fuck off thing. When right? people start to think of wealth, like they start thinking about investing into stocks and crypto and all that sort of thing. But that's not what we're talking about here. No, not at all. I'm talking about how do I how do I build capital mm. in my company yeah. and also at the same time allocate capital mm. to growth. And mm-hmm. how can I get that dynamic right? And the reality is, is I was probably no good at it for the first three years, but mm. now I know. I know I understand the dynamic of my business and I understand, okay, this is what I've got in terms of building my health mm. for for the company and making sure that, you know, we're 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 building health and we have a particular minimum that we like to profit. And then anything after that is up for grabs in terms of, okay, do we want to put that towards growth? And mm. if we are gonna put that towards growth, what do we think is gonna get us the best ROI? And we don't think about that l- short term. So we think about that long term. We go, okay, what's going to get us? Because, you know, I, I believe that our business is going to be around for 5, 10, 15 years. Like, mm. I don't plan on, on selling it anytime that's soon. That's it. But then that's that's also something that you need to teach yourself because everyone is thinking about tomorrow. Like, they're thinking about next but, week. But they're thinking about tomorrow because they don't have money. Because yeah. they don't have that wealth. It's, it's, a like sh- it's a short-term mindset, though. And the only way that you're going to... Uh, succeed in the long term is consistency it's focus it's hard work you know and if you invest all of that time into learning uh, especially learning about the business learning about different ways that you can uh, grow the business learning about different marketing techniques uh, learning about the wealth within the business learning about financial literacy all those sort of things over time that compound knowledge 
is what's going to help you to to uh, build up experience, uh, and then that's going to the the effect on your business will be massive because it's cyclical right Mm. like it's like you know um the reason i have this you know i'm experiencing this disease which is short-termism right Mm. is because i don't have that wealth there it's Mm. like you know i don't make investments based on what's going to make me money tomorrow Mm. i make investments what's going to be best for our company in five years time what's going to build that brand Mm. equity that thing that gets and often those sort of investments are going to take like it'll take a hit on your balance sheet you know, and your, the performance of your business might take a hit in the initial, say, six to 12 months. But then in the next three to four or five years, that's when you're going to reap the, the benefits. And that's what people don't understand. Like people don't understand that. This is what the prof goes on about all the time. Um, businesses that should be um, what expanding into your sort of rundle, uh, like your recurring revenues and these sort of things. Um, but you need to uh, make that investment up front take that hit and then over the time you will um you'll experience the the wealth of that that growth yeah and that's what that, that's kind of like what brand equity is right it's like making investments now for creating mental structures in the mm. minds of my customers but it's hard to do that into something that's intangible like because brand is something that you can't put a measure on you know yeah it's and that's that's kind of the point right it's like you know y- it, it's making that investment now, creating those mental structures in the minds of your customers so that long-term mental structures make, you know, marketing more effective, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you know, what I do now makes my marketing in six months more effective. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what people don't get. It's like people are so obsessed because of Instagram and social media and everybody, you know, you look at like other business coaches out there, right? And this is something that, I mean, it pisses me off, but... Other business coaches will just put this like non-contextual fucking you know uh, testimonial up, right? And it's like, oh, they made thirty grand in the last seven days. It's like, yeah, no, they didn't. Like, what they did is they did thirty grand in sales. Yeah, but that's clickbait. Like, yeah, but yeah. that's the point, right? Like, mm. that's what that's what drives people into this short-term mindset. Mm. It's like, I don't have wealth. And I need to make money quick because I need to pay my bills. So I'm just gonna gr- I'm gonna grip on mm. to the thing that looks like it's gonna make me the most money tomorrow. Mm. But I'm never actually gonna focus on the root uh, cause yeah. of my problem. You see so many of those different courses and that sort of thing. They promise you to make however much money, and that's best case scenario. Uh, and it almost never works out. But these people are making bank because they're selling it to the masses and and that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like you know the the reality is is like. The only way to succeed is consistency, it's focus, it's hard work over a long period of time. And that, that, that a lot of that is like if you're trying to throw the Hail Mary and you're trying to get rich quickly. Yeah, it's not going to work. Like most people rely on genius mm. or, or think that genius is going to make them rich. Mm. And in reality, man, like that's fucking 1% of people. Like mm. the 99% of people out there. And even if you do make it rich quick, you're going to lose it. As fast you're not as building skills in. and habits, That's right? it. You're not learning those habits around how to manage that wealth, you know? And this is why people who win the lotto end up losing it all after five years because they, they get this influx of cash. They don't know how to man, uh, manage it and then all of a sudden it's gone because that relationship that they had with money, which it, when building a business and this sort of thing, it happens slowly and your habits and your instincts around money change. Uh, whereas these people don't have that and then it's all, all of a sudden gone. It's uh, it, it's really interesting. There's a stat. I think uh, it's 70% of NFL players end up bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And it's like these guys are on like 
between a million to ten. To yeah, because their first year. contract is what ten million dollars, and then they just want to go out and party with it. The, the first thing they do is go to the dealership and get get a nice car, buy the nice house, not realizing that these things have taxes and maintenance and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, and and that that's the you know just using that stat it's important to build the skills and knowledge and understand the principles of building wealth Mm -hmm. in a sense uh to actually over a long period of time Mm -hmm. because that's what's going to set you up and that's kind of you know you asked me that question before is like you know how did i start building capital well it was that it was okay every week i'm going to sit down with zero for two hours as much as you don't want to as much as it's shit and you'd much rather be out doing something else yeah. I'm going to look at what I'm spending. I'm going to understand a balance sheet. I'm going to look at my profit and loss. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to start to in, uh, start to look at um, and take courses and read books that help me mm-hmm. understand my psychology with money, but mm-hmm. also understand how to manage it. And now it's a priority for you. I know that every single morning you spend the first two hours learning, you know, and it's through doing that every single day that that knowledge is building up and it's um, you're building up the knowledge on top of other knowledge and you're expanding your, your mindset and this sort of thing. That's how you do it. Yeah, and like, you know, I mean, I know that you're the same, but you're probably doing more so on the markets and reading articles yeah. and these kind of things. Well, we're both focused on, on our on our specific niches, yeah. you know. Yeah, and th- but that's something like, I mean, I, I reckon I've read for the first two hours of my day every day for the last three, four years. Mm. Like, man, I, I, I read seven books in January. Mm. <laughs> Like I know, it's crazy. Seven books. Yeah. like and, and, you know, like that's not just from those two hours. Like January for me was a lot of ac- acquiring of knowledge that I needed to do mm. in order to help the business grow. Um, but that's what allows you to do what you do and to consult for other businesses because you do have a higher level of thinking. And you've done that through the, the consistency in learning. Yeah, and, and that's the key. Like, And then and you... you you then eventually get to the point where you can start to bank off that knowledge. But the other point I want to make, and this is where the rubber hits the road with this whole conversation is, it's not the reading of the books that helps me learn. It's me applying that. Oh, yeah, you've got to apply it. Yeah, it's yeah. me applying all of the knowledge that I'm acquiring through these education courses, books, mm. to my business, to the real world, and then looking at what sticks, what doesn't, and mm. understanding the dynamic of mm. it. And and in, and in saying, like, it's, you're just not there reading a book. Like, you're reading a book, you're taking notes. Like, it's almost like you're at university. 100%. Yeah. I, I treat it like uh, if I'm reading something, I want to know it, and I want to know it enough that I can apply it. And then once I apply it, I want to experience and embody the consequences of applying it in the right circumstance and the wrong circumstance. And that's what allows me to learn. And then once I consolidate on that information after a while, that's when I'll use it with other people. Mm. And, and can I apply it, um, you know, it's, I already directly apply it, but it's where I start to understand it that I can start to, you know, teach yeah. other people how to use yeah. it. And, and you start to, l- you look at real life examples as well um, of that information that you've applied and, and that's how you, you can sort of build up a deeper sort of sense of that knowledge as well. 100%. And I think like that's... It's too easy to read a book and then in a week's it. time you forget it. 100%. Yeah. And that's why you've got to apply it. But I think... The principle of that is that understanding, especially with financial literacy and building wealth, is that you, you it's not enough to just read about it. Like you have to spend time with your money. You have to spend time actually, like, you know, it's 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 really interesting, right? Like the, the kind of principle of skin in the game keeps coming up. But skin in the game, it's like, you know, 
giving investment advice on a stock that you're not invested in is extremely easy Mm -hmm. because you don't have skin in the game Mm. right whereas if you you know if you're giving someone advice on a stock that you're invested in you know you've got fucking your balls on the line too Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. like there's a big difference between those two things and that's what is really important when it comes to building wealth and finance right is is actually having skin in the game that's it and like you know me when it comes to an investment decision i will spend months pondering those sort of decisions and then i get to the point where i'm comfortable with the knowledge that i've built and then that's when i go in and i'm the sort of person who goes all in like i just won't throw a little bit at it i'll throw fucking everything at it um but i'll only do that if i know like if i know that i've done the work 100 percent, and that's that that is what the skin in the game is right it's like you know you know you're not just reading uh and and acquiring knowledge and then passing that advice on to other people mm. like you know the one thing about you is i know that you'll only give advice on something that you're more than likely invested in yourself oh, yeah yeah and i think like that's a little lesson for people is that it's not just like because like people here aren't really going to go out and be giving advice on financial wealth but it's right. about going you not only is it enough for you to read and acquire that knowledge but you actually have to apply it so that you can feel the consequences and that's the only way that you can learn truly right like mm-hmm. unless you embody a consequence you never you don't learn anything and mm-hmm. that's in anything it's not just finance that's relationships mm-hmm. you know, like that's business that's everything that you do you need to embody consequences because mm-hmm. that's and often we have to learn from mistakes that we make sometimes you've got to take that risk see if it pays off if it doesn't pay off um assess why it hasn't and then move on pivot to the next thing exactly and but make sure you embody that consequence because mm. that's the key and you know finance is one of those things that's extremely tough and and because it is heavily psychological and, and it's changing all the time as well and like, it's passed down to us yeah, yeah? like yeah, that's the other thing you know yeah. like it, it's the conversations we have around the dinner table with our parents and just like all of their small little quotes and um, their little behaviors with money get passed down to us. Yeah, like, you know, if you're born into a family that has wealth already, you're probably going to be way more risk averse. Mm -hmm. But if you're born into, you know, poverty um, or uh, some type of um, circumstance where you're forced into survival from the get-go, then Mm -hmm. you're not going to be risk averse. You're actually going to have that scarce mindset. 100%. You know, nobody's blaming you for that like that is the reality i grew up in you know uh, i was raised by a single mum who mm. never had money mm. right so then you know but she was also very generous with her money mm-hmm. and she would spend money on us kids that's that she it. probably didn't need to spend yeah and then naturally that's how i started to spend money mm. i earned good money you mm. know we just t- i told that story about the accountant mm. i had money coming in but i was spending it and just overspending it because that's how i got raised mm. My mum was my mum earned good money too. Like she mm. was fucking on a good wage. It's not like she was poor, but she w- wanted to be a good mum mm. so badly. So she made the sacrifice to in order to give you guys everything that you needed. Exactly right. But mm. and and in reality, it's like we didn't like. There's other ways to do that. Mm. You know, like she didn't need to spend. Like she was spending money on shit for us. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like you know that's was passed. Oh, it was down the same as mine. <laughs> I got that got passed down <laughs> to me, right? I got yeah. passed down and, and you know, uh, no one's to blame, but the only way that I was able to kind of fucking get over that and that relationship that was passed down to me was to truly fucking put the work in myself. Mm. It was like to, to realize, first of all, 
I'm going through this. Like this is I, this is not fucking just make believe. Like this is something I've identified. Mm-hmm. Now I need to get the right people around me that can help me change this. And I need to learn. And then more importantly, I need to actually embody and experience the consequences wholeheartedly and mm. spend time with it. Because, you know, only when I started to spend time on my finances and actually run the spreadsheets every week, run my zero and then invest capital and, and feel the consequences of it, did I actually start to get a better grip on my finances and, mm. and, and actually know, start to put some money in, away in your business well. and then also for your personal too. 100%. And mm. it's, you know, this is not just business owners. Like, this no. is fucking 90% of the world. Everybody, yeah. You yeah. know, so this is this is a global... It should be a course that you do in school, like, just centered around money and our relationship that we have with it and this sort of thing. It's not going to happen. It won't happen, but they want us all to be trapped in the rat race. Exactly. You know? And that's the key, mm. right? Like, the you know... We're not saying get caught up in fucking conspiracy theories, but what we are saying is understand that there's more that goes on in the world, right? And, yeah. And you yeah. know, when you once you understand that, you understand that you just got to make it work for you in whatever field or niche that you're work in that you're playing I, in. I truly think you got to you got to treat the world as if your back's against the wall. Yeah. Like you know, you really have to treat the world that way. If you just go through life being naive, you'll never learn anything, and mm. you'll just be your life will be dictated to you. And that's that's the that's what having this mindset with money does. Like, mm. you know, you, you're either that person who fucking is spending ridiculous amounts of money on afterpay because you can't see that people are... F- like, that's the system that's built for you. Mm-hmm. Or you understand that you need to save money, invest that money and get an, an ROI. Mm. And that's the only way you'll ever have autonomy in that's life. That's it. And you'll quickly realize that having all those material possessions, they don't actually make you happy. But I guarantee having money in the bank will make you happy. Because you'll feel more secure. Money's not evil. Having money in the bank doesn't make you evil. No. And money will make you happy. Like mm. most people will be like, Yeah, I don't need money to make you what happy. It, what's something we all crave? It's stability. You know, and the That's and the a best. nervous system thing. Yeah. That's that's fucking deeply ingrained into us to yeah. survive. Now yeah. security and yeah, knowing that we will always have enough to make sure that we've got a roof over our houses, that we can always pay for whatever, like bills and food and that sort of thing, the, the essentials that we need to survive. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, as we said before, money's not evil, like, and, and it's important to understand it is that tool that you talked about, and mm. it's a tool to help us experience more things in the, the world. The sooner you can recognize that it's a tool and it's just capital, the better off you're going to be because um, you'll disassociate certain risk with it and that sort of thing and you'll be willing to take chances and take chances on yourself um, and the knowledge that you've acquired. Like you're smarter, like we're all smarter than what we realize, you know, and we're more resilient than what we realize. And if we put something to work like that, you never know, the, the potential payoff could be massive. Money is a tool that helps you experience more in the world. It helps you acquire more mastery and, and knowledge. It helps you build better connections. Mm-hmm. It, it, it literally, and it helps you build a legacy. Mm. And, and it does all four of those things. And it's important to realize that without that tool, without the tool and more of that money, you will experience less of those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and that's, that's why money isn't evil. Mm-hmm. I agree. We're going to wrap it up. All right, let's a do it. Bit of a, a bit of a conversation on wealth and... I mean, I'm just fucking bullish. Like, I think that this is the thing that holds business owners back. Like, man, if you 
have an inability to build wealth because of the psychology or the psychological relationship you have with money it doesn't matter what you do you could have the best fucking strategy in the world you ain't going to make money because yeah. you're not welcoming it mm-hmm. you're, you know you're pushing it away from you mm-hmm. that's it you've just sometimes you've just got to um, dive right in and tackle that that one thing that you find like you find really really difficult or hard to understand and the sooner you do the better off you're going to be amen thanks for listening guys and we will see you in the next episode catch ya want to say a big thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the show uh if you enjoyed the episode make sure you hit the subscribe button uh feel free to share us share the episode with your friends and family and feel free to leave us a review as well uh you know we all the support that we get for the for the show and especially now that we've revamped it uh we're trying to bring something that's got a little bit more value it's definitely appreciated and if you have a question uh for strategy sessions next week you want us to take a bit of a deep dive and help you work through some of the roadblocks in your business or you just want some help creating some winning strategy you can shoot me an email at kyle at elitevitalitycoaching.com but I'll leave it there. Until next week, stay safe, stay, stay, stay healthy, uh, and I'll see you on the other side.